What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Sean of the W. Welcome to this very impromptu edition of KFS Study Hall. No promo like Beyonce, like a Beyonce album. We'll see how much this works. Well, there was one promo. I I gave everybody a 15-minute heads up, including one Robert W. Cross who's in the building. Um <clears throat> Unsurprisingly, he responded. Semi surprisingly, he responded right away. Um, I did not know if you may have had things to do at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning in Bend, Oregon, but I'm glad you're here. Shout out to Jessica in the building, our uh, moderator of the KFS Discord and one of our moderators of our post game live streams. Your work is so appreciated. Thank you very much. Jaden in the building. Tom Izzo, bro, in the building. You gave me a follow, Tom Izzo, bro. I'm going to follow you back. Uh, I will say this. I, I'm i giving you the benefit of the doubt, but if your timeline is full of foolishness, I reserve the right to unfollow you. It's nothing against you. It's just there's a lot of foolishness on the timeline. Um, but welcome. I'm glad you're here. Amal, Anson, Justin, Harsh Truth, uh, welcome to the show. I'm patiently waiting for my co-host, Mr. Chris Persianen, to join us, although he's probably gotten all the rest he, he can get after doing such an amazing job on the, not only on the draft live stream on Thursday night, but the, I'm going to say hundreds, hundreds of hours that he put in to study watch film, study, read up on these guys, put together a big board. It's not as easy as it looks, and that doesn't even look easy. So um, we'll be waiting for him. In the meantime, a lot has happened. Mensa in the building. Shout out to Mensa. A lot has happened since our last study hall. When was our last study hall? Let me go look this up. I think our la- it was – obviously, it was it – was bef- 
Actually, I think our last study hall was after the one after the Knicks got eliminated. Um, and so people have been wondering, uh, some people have been sliding in my DMs, like when is going to be study hall again? And it, we have not had study hall for a mix of reasons. One, the Knicks are no longer playing basketball. <laughs> and if you spend any time on this app, you know that once you want to talk about the Knicks and there are no games to talk about, the conversation can get very, 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 what's the word I want to use? Off kilter. And I don't even think that word makes sense, but I'm running with it. Number two, I've had a very, very busy June. Uh, so I was in... So obviously there was first there was like there was um since so since the finals since, since the finals since the Knicks got eliminated there was Mother's Day weekend so that wasn't happening there I had I went to Tulum for a bachelor party in June um so that was not happening as much as I love all of you if I if I you know I I would rather not uh, do care for study hall from a beach in Tulum. Um, there was Father's Day. There was a lot of travel. I've had some travel for work. I was actually in Austin, Texas last week. And I will be in the, I don't like to dox myself, but I'll dox myself afterward. But I'm traveling again next week. Um, so schedule just haven't aligned. That's really what's come down to. And then there was like Father's Day in there. But so I will make no promises, but I think we'll try to be back like once a month. That's what I, that that'll be the goal. But uh, for today's show, and if you are uh, and uh, read the boys by design, thank you for the comment. I appreciate I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, listen, if you're not a spaces person, that's fine. If you have a question or if anything you want to discuss, um, and you don't want to, you can either raise your hand to come up now. Or you can leave something in the chat in the lower right-hand corner. And in fact, I will tweet. I will put that tweet right now. If you are... Here we go. If you're... If you'd like, like to share something, but don't or don't want to or cannot join the stage... Please comment below and we will read it live. Okay. Uh, I wish I knew how to type. I know how to type. Okay. I've, I've now, I have now typed it and send. Okay. So I'm now going to send a quick reminder to Mr. Chris Persianen that we are live. I know he's awake. Um, so there, 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 there we go. All right. So let's talk. All right. One congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this is the official KFS study of congratulations. Uh, I think there's going to be, because Chris and I were discussing what we want to do for the next study hall, maybe about two weeks ago. Um, it's going to be very interesting how this championship affects team building going forward um, and, and construction because it's, you know, there's a conversation to be had about the four teams that made the conference finals and the two teams that made the finals and how they and how they were constructed. 
and how feasible. And there goes Chris. Of course, uh, let's get Chris onto the stage. My man. There we go. Shout out to Ben Kim Garvey in the building. I appreciate you. Hope all is well. Alpha in the building. Chris Persianen is now a co-host of this space, so he can sit there and listen to me while I get this shit off, and then he can jump in and say whatever the hell he wants. But um, there's something to the, the construction of the four teams that made the conference final to the two teams that made the finals. I mean, yes, two of them were playing teams. Um, and I wonder how much... I wonder two things. One, if Dallas has any regret about pulling the buffoonery they pulled at the end of the season. And two, how teams may approach the regular season going forward. They think that, hey, this may be a, you know, maybe the the plane isn't just a waste of our time. Um, So there's that. Uh, in, in terms of the teams, I mean, okay, we start the Easter Conference. I mean, the Celtics, they're all their two stars are homegrown, although one of them was in a trade because the Brooklyn Nets are stupid. That's Jason Tatum. Um, and then they filled around with, you know, they brought back Al Horford. They tried the Kemba thing that kind of didn't work. They had, they had traded for Evan Fournier. Clearly that didn't work for them. The Gordon Hayward thing that, you know, what, that's a great, what if in NBA history, Gordon Hayward doesn't snap his ankle and a half on opening night. Um, but yeah, they, Built through the draft and through shrewd signings and and picks. Um, the meanwhile, the Heat. Besides all the undrafted free, free agents, their best player was drafted. Their best player was drafted thirtieth, and on his fourth team, bull. Yeah, on his fourth NBA team, and the Heat who have. Pat Riley has turned up his nose at first round picks and developing young guys uh, for the majority of his time there, save for one, save for one third pick of the t- fifth pick of the 20, 2003 NBA draft. Um, you know, like Bam, they drafted Jimmy, what they signed and they moved heaven, not heaven and earth, but you know, as I tell people all the time, if, if a player wants to go to a certain place, an NBA team will find a way cat be damned, picks be damned, you know, contracts be damned, flexibility be damned. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, the NBA champions drafted their best player 41st. Uh, their second best player came from a draft from a trade with our team three years prior. Um, their third best player had the well, actually, I'll get to him in a second. Because actually, their third best player they trade they acquired from a trade from Orlando, uh, Naron Gordon, and their fourth best player they picked at fifteen. Because he had the worst medical anyone had ever seen. And at one point, his contract looked like it could have been the worst contract in basketball. But fortunately for him, his back is held up long enough. And finally, the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers, you know, until proven otherwise, they believe they can go out and get any star they wanted because they were a heaping pile of garbage for half a decade. But LeBron said, I want to live in Los Angeles. And he got them there. Then they traded the entire store for uh, Anthony Davis. And listen, they won a title. And like Brian Windhorst says, you never have to say you're sorry if you won a title. But, you know, Anthony Davis is probably going to be, and when we look back on this era of trade everything and your firstborn son for the superstar um, to go all in, he may be the only one that wins the title. 
because I don't think it's worked for anybody else. Uh, it has not, it did not work for Brooklyn. It did not work for Philly with their, um, well, technically that wasn't all, eh, well, whatever. Not, I, maybe we'll leave Philly out. Um, it did not work for Brooklyn. It did not, has not worked for the Clippers. Uh, it's so far, and it probably won't work for the Cavs. So, you know, I don't know how many how many teams going forward are going to follow the are going to you know mortgage the entire future for the star and then hope that you know find like undrafted free agents and you know minimum guys or what have you. I have been talking long enough. I would love to hear Chris Persianian's thoughts on the four teams and how they could and how they constructed their teams and what that might mean for the Knicks in t- our team building going forward. Chris, good afternoon. How the hell are you? What's up, everybody? Yeah, hey, Sean. Um, I <laughs> have been in recovery, man. Um, <laughs> I've straight up just been in recovery, not from anything medical, just uh, the self-inflicted disease of liking the NBA draft. Um, the draft was on a Thursday, so starting from the Friday the week before, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday night, there was not a single night where I went to bed before 5 a.m. Eastern, and it was usually like 5.36. Just, you know, watching tape, finishing up on the cycle and tweaking my big board, making sure it was how I wanted it to be. Um, I'd rather not sleep now than stare at my number 17 and 18 prospects in a month and be like, God damn it. I wish I switched them. Damn it. So <laughs> I've learned that lesson the hard way before work now, sleep later. It's, you know, my motto is a uh, college kid. Um, but this is, this is an episode. This is a topic. This is a discussion that did not come up for any real Knicks-related reason, more just a case study. You know, Sean and I were talking about this over text, and there was no angle of this that made me go like, oh, we got to talk about continuity to show these Knicks fans what happens if they want their coach fired or, or they can't trade Randall. They need to stick with their guys. None of that is the reason for the takes I'm about to get off. I do think that those, what I'm about to say is the healthy response to, to takes like that. But I, something I very much fear um, is giving off the impression that because the status quo of the team right now is fine, that they shouldn't look to improve that. That's a problem I have in workplaces in you know, all the time. Like, oh, well, what's going on is fine, so we don't need to change it. It's like, I like good. I like great. I like really great. And so today, Sean and I wanted to talk about some teams that were really great this year and, and what happened, how they got there. Um, so, yeah, to start, my, my kind of thesis has been – the ticket to entry, you know, the wristband at the door, like I said on draft class, has been two top 25 players and really good depth. Now, you know, Nick fans, I lovingly, lovingly tease you guys when I say, oh, Nick fans, all they want is a star. You know, we could have the Harlem Globetrotters out there, but if 
if Donovan Mitchell was that point guard, it'd be all right, you know? And, and I understand that I'm joking, but every good joke has truth to it. I, I think there is a mindset within the fan base. I, I know Mensa, who's in the audience, can speak to this. Even uh, my guy Evan, who's listening right now, might be able to speak to this from a Spurs perspective. Like, there's a mindset amongst a lot of fans that the chicken came before the egg and that the chicken is the, the superstar and you need to just go get them first and make all the rest work later. And and I understand that, but I, I, I think that kind of limits itself to drafting superstars because then you have the time when they're on their rookie deal to make other investments to help their development. And then when it's time to extend them, you accelerate your timeline by giving them the 50 million a year and, and getting booted up to go contend. Um, when you look at the final four teams that were in there this year and Sean boot in, come in at any point. If you want make this a back and forth, like we, we had Denver and we had Los Angeles in the West, Jokic, Murray, James Davis. And we had the Celtics in the heat in the East. And it's funny we had the Celtics in the heat because I actually um, – I use those teams a lot as examples of teams that always make it far in the Eastern Conference playoffs because they know how to stop the other team's first action. They have good point of attack defense. Um, and they don't have a turnstile at the, at the POA that allows other teams to be comfortable. Playoff basketball is all about exploiting advantages and and – that becomes harder to do if you're uncomfortable. And I think the Heat and Celtics are really, really good at making their opponents feel uncomfortable offensively. They have a play to run. All right, well, come say, oh, you just ran into a Derek White muscle and got knocked over. Oh, you just hit Marcus Smart. Oh, you just, you know, and, and making those people uncomfortable seems to be like why Miami and Boston have succeeded so often to me in the, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which I, I do think are a little more rough and tough than the West. West has that Western style of moving offense and, and shooting and everything. Um, and so Miami and Boston made it. They've got Butler and Adebayo, and, and then Boston's got Tatum and Brown. And, and all of four of these teams I've named with these stars had really good depth. So I the, the next... I want to say real quick, um, shout out to Mike Lombardi because he always said like in the playoffs, and I think it's applied to the NBA also. In the playoffs, you want to make your t- you want to make your team play left handed. So like like you know, um, and obviously because we are slightly more inclusive, you know, if you're a lefty, we'll make you play right handed. Like all right, we we know what you we know what we like to do. We're taking it away now. What and. And to your point, the team that can uh, successfully navigate um, playing one hand tied behind their back while tying one hand behind your back are the ones that we see in this are the ones that we see in this spot. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 
366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a way slimmer fit fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird. B-I-R-D dogs, D-O-G-S dot com and promo code pool, P-O-O-L to receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The NBA regular season is to me very much an indictment on the different looks you can throw at teams. You're playing a small ball team one night and you're playing Gobert and Towns the next. And then two days later, you've got Giannis and Lopez. But then after that, you've got another a shooting five-out team with Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis. You know, and it's like, how many looks can you throw at teams? How many looks can you withstand from teams? But in the playoffs, it's to me, it's very much about not trying to solve the other team as a puzzle, but just solving that problem that's right in front of you. Solving that problem that's right in front of you. You know, for the Knicks, uh, you could say with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the problem right in front of them is is the insanely talented and insanely good shooting backcourt that they had. That's the problem the Knicks had to solve. And when they found their solution and they set Cleveland off base, well, we know what happened there. The Miami Heat found their solution by getting the Knicks to, to crowd around Jimmy Butler and by letting their depth thrive. There's solutions to problems that are right in front of you always. But if you can find it, you might win the series. And I know this is like vague, but to me, playoff talk is so much like, oh, star versus star, star versus star. And I think that the tactical battles of the coaches go a little bit undersold in regards to how important they are. And that's why when you have a series like Nick's Heat, and I won't run through the details of it too many times as to not upset anyone because it is still recent, um, but the Heat had a problem in front of them and they solved it, and the Knicks just created more problems for themselves after creating more problems for themselves by creating more problems. Like, there was just nothing productive going on from a tactician standpoint for New York in that series. And now we, we called this in March. You did, I did, Mensa did, X8 did. We were like, what happens if 
if if Tibbs runs like yes, JB Bickerstaff, cool. What happens if Tibbs runs into someone like Spo? But of course, at the time we're like, there's no way we're gonna see Spo in the playoffs. <laughs> Little do we know. But yes, like and, and, and I don't mention agrees with this. We and I agree with this to the dying to my dying day. Um, Tom Thibodeau woke up in one morning and after nightmares with Jimmy Butler and said, I'm not gonna lose Jimmy Butler. And he was right. He was successful. He didn't lose Jimmy Butler. He just lost to everybody fucking else. Continue. Yeah. And so the Knicks problem that series that was right in front of them was everybody that's not named James Buckets is beating us. They didn't solve that problem. So they lost. Um, that's to me what the playoffs is about, is about solving the problem right in front of you. And, and when when you're playing the team up to seven times straight, that's really what it becomes about. So... I know everyone says it's a stars league. I know everyone says it's all about the stars. But to me, I think we moved too far in that direction. I think now, especially with the new CBA, the new X factor becomes the depth. Having a good team used to be the ticket to a late playoff round. And then there you would see who the real stars stars were because they would separate themselves. Now, with the parity in the NBA, it's almost a given that every team left at that stage is going to have a top player. It's about the depth. It's about the lineup versatility. It's about what you can do about the problem in front of you. And, and so that's why, and I've spoke about this on, on draft class, and I made a, even a, a tech talk about this because I, I spoke about it on a, on a segment for WFUV Sports. But my, my big point with these NBA playoffs has been the last four teams, even if coincidentally, which I like to think it's not, can tell you a lot about what's going on in the NBA right now. Like I was saying earlier, the ticket to entry is the two top 25 players and the depth and a decent coach, right? Ham, Spolstra, Missoula. Decent coach. <laughs> um, I think can be much better in his second year now that he's kind of gone through that rough patch with his team and they hired a, a vet as well. Um, and then we got Mike Malone, kind of the coach of these playoffs, storyline-wise. Um, so when you look at the four teams that are left, they all have a coach, they all have great depth, and they all have two top 25 players. That's the That's the formula, right? But, but let's take a look a little closer. Which two teams made it out of that final four? Well, the Lakers had fantastic depth, but they had a first-year head coach, and they acquired that depth not before the season, but at the trade deadline. And so the team with up to eight years of continuity of their superstar head coach duo handled them easily. Denver is a well, well-oiled machine, you know? And, and when you have guys like Bruce Brown who can give you 25 or can give you 7, 7, and 7, it's really valuable because that's multiple different solutions to the whatever problem may be in front of you. Guys like KCP, guys like Aaron Gordon, um, these guys all played integral roles. But, you know, formula-wise, we can just say great depth um, and continuity. You look out east, Celtics, First-year head coach, yes, the core had continuity, but the three-guard, no, they didn't have continuity with that. The head coach was new. And so the team that's been doing this for like four years now together in Spolstra, Butler, and company 
advance past them as well. I, you know, when each side mirrors the other so much, I, I really think it might not be a coincidence that it took stars and depth to get there. It took co- coaching and continuity to get further. And, and then look in the finals. Obviously, the Nuggets had the best player in the series. But they also had the eight-year relationship between player and head coach. They had depth that they have been tinkering with over the years. Um, a lot of Nick fans say they want to win a championship, and then they see Jokic holding the trophy on their TV, and they're like, huh, I bet that team was assembled by quick, hasty trades and, and no patience with anything that's going on. They would have fired Mike Malone. Four years ago, they're like, we can't I, win nothing with him. I think six. I think six. I think after year two, next Twitter would have fired somebody. Him. Somebody told me in a space, and I, this is recorded, and I can go back. I said they tried to tell me that they they tried to point to the Orlando Magic and like, look where Orlando. Like, like first of all, they said they they they, they would rather uh, Orlando's roster more than ours because wait for it. Orlando might make the play in next year. And I'm saying to myself, we were six wins away from winning the Eastern Conference, but you would want Orlando's roster because they might make the play in next year. So I said, okay. And I said, would you be fine for the 11-year rebuild? They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, they traded they traded Dwight Howard in 2012. And here they are, eleven years later. Would you and like and then they're like, I did do eleven year rebuild, and I'm like, you're losing your shit right now after year three, and you're gonna put up eight more years. Like, be be real, be out. Come uh, on, uh, man. A, a year a year three of a rebuild that ended in the second round of the play. Like I just, it's funny. Uh, some people don't like change at all, and some people very much like their routine and things to stay the same, and so they can understand it all. And some people like change a lot, so much so that they like change for the sake of change, which sometimes is nice. Sometimes I reorganize my room, and I'll move a desk around, uh, or my living room at college, in my apartment. Uh, you know, my roommate and I will take our couch and tilt it a little and try to fit a new table behind it or something, or in the kitchen, you know, trying to arrange the table for optimal pong playing, like college kid stuff, you know, like we'll, we'll rearrange stuff for the sake of rearranging it. Cause our apartment is not a multi-million dollar business. So <laughs> it's a little easier for us to just move the table around. Cause if we drop and break it, it was free from the street that my family friend lives on. Cause their neighbor was throwing it out. Not a huge deal. Um, I, I just think that there are, there are two really important things to, to make note of. One, I am not saying that keeping people around that have been unsuccessful or incompetent to any unacceptable degree is worth it because maybe they'll maybe they'll be good later. <laughs> um, but I am also saying that if Giants Twitter was around when the team got Eli Manning, they would have fired Coughlin after year one. Oh, we're screwing our quarterback. He he needs a real coach. You know, they would have fired. I, they would have fired Coughlin after year one, and they would have traded Eli after year three. Yep. So I, I just think that we, the other side to consider, uh, you know, the first side being if the status quo is fine, that's not good enough for me. You want the status quo to be great. Let's work towards getting it great. Semicolon. 
I think Twitter and the speed at which we can share information with each other has sped up a lot of processes. Um, I, I don't think everyone is so impatient that they should just shut up. But I do think that we used to go to movie theaters and sit for two, two and a half hours at a time at black and white comedy films where no one said a word. And now we watch six second TikToks of a guy getting hit in the nuts over and over again. And we're like, <laughs> six seconds later. <laughs> and then was the next one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Six seconds later. Oh, that, that cat has a, has a party hat on. Oh my God. Six seconds later. They're doing what in Russia? Six seconds later. Oh, look at that dog. Like I think, I think we're in an age where we're getting so much information. We're processing it at speeds faster than ever that we're speeding up a lot of human processes, like building relationships, like building a team, like playing sports together with a, with a group of people that share a goal to you and, and building and learning with them as, as a group. Um, everyone wants to praise Giannis for winning it the right way. Everyone wants to praise Jokic for winning it the right way. And when presented with some options for their team to do things that same way that they consider right, they're like, well, actually, we, we should just – can we just get Kyle Kuzma? What if we just got Kyle Kuzma? What if we just get – let's just get a third power forward. Screw it. I mean, like, like what, what could happen? What could go wrong? It's not like there's a coach on the roster that, that has trouble playing players out of position and, and uh, you know, using versatile lineups. Like, what could go wrong? And I just think when you are abandoning reason that you have used before out of boredom, that's when, I, that's when you lose me. I know people who told me all season how great it was that the New York Knicks didn't jump at DeJounte Murray, that they didn't jump at a Carl Towns or a Levine, that they don't have any aging players on the roster, that there's no one over 30 in the rotation. And now those same people are like, well, if we gave up Barrett, McBride, Fournier, and three first-round picks for Paul George – even though he's 33, and even though, shout out XJ, Zach Levine has played 3,000 more NBA minutes than Paul George over the last four seasons, uh, well, he's really good. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you should talk to yourself from four months ago because they wouldn't approve of this. So let's, let's let those two battle it out and see who wins. The one that was you mid-season when you were measured and, and logical or the one that's you now because you're bored that the Knicks didn't have a draft pick. And I know that's me speaking a little bit as a member of Knicks Twitter more than a reporter or anything, but, you know, I, I just think that it's funny to see the hypocrisy, um, especially when it happens so soon. You know, some people will tweet something in, in 2016 and then come out four years later and tweet the opposite, and people will be like, this you? But now the this used are like, Three days ago, Nick should not acquire Kyle Kuzma under any circumstances. Three days later, you know what? Ellipsis, screw it, exclamation point. I need Kyle Kuzma. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think that if you want change because there's a reason for it, you're probably right. Like, I, I, I think there are so many opinions on this Knicks team that are right. People want to see change at certain positions or want a long-term uh, plan of succession at certain positions like power forward, for example. Um, and I get it. But those are champagne problems, straight up. Like, the Knicks have not used a single first-round draft pick from the future, meaning they have a surplus going forward still. 
that's probably not a team that needs to be making desperation moves. I don't think anyone is suggesting that the Oklahoma City Thunder should go get Zach Levine because he would be cheap. I don't think anyone is suggesting that the Oklahoma City Thunder should go back and trade for Paul George because he would be cheap. Um, I've seen arguments now that because the Knicks are three years into a successful rebuild, they now need to start considering the 50-year title drought and make a move right away. It's like, do you... Do you know what got them from 17 wins to 45? Or, or are we pretending that we didn't see that process go down? I, I think now is the time for the Knicks to be more judicious than ever with who they add. And with that, I want to hear from our callers. So let's go to, uh, as my son plays the 10 on the background, let's go to Mensa and then we'll go to Robert Cross. Uh, shout out to... Good job, Zach. Keep it up. <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to shout out to my homie Nat in the building, Celtics fan. Also, uh, so you are, so you think you're a GM. Um, check her out on YouTube. Um, all right, so let's go to let's go to Mensa while my son asks me questions. Go ahead, Mensa. What's up, y'all? Um, yeah, been a. Hey, can you guys hear me? Because I don't know if like yeah, perfect. All right, perfect. Yeah, so I just want to like I'm getting over a cold, so excuse the extra base of my voice right now. Um, yeah, no, I think everything Chris and uh, Sean, I think everything you guys are saying are spot on, which could be obvious because I'm also a member of Nick's Film School, but I do think that, let's start with the, the whole, you need twenty two top 25 players in the NBA thing. I think you can, you don't have to do too many thought gymnastics, <clears throat> excuse me, to come to the conclusion that the New York Knicks have two top 25 players and Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. We saw what Jalen Brunson did from the, from the top of the year, 2023, because I remember being on podcast with XJ, who was as measured as anybody, saying that Jalen Brunson did not deserve to be an all-star on the stature backing that up. I don't, think Jay, I don't think XJ would say that again today. And we just saw Julius Randle come off of his second All-NBA campaign in four years, and he would be All-NBA second team if the Boston media didn't decide to give that to Jalen Brown, who still has trouble going left. But I digress. Um, then let's, so we have, in my opinion, I think it's easy to say that we have two top 25 players in the league from what we saw at least on the offensive side of the basketball. The New York Knicks depth since the Josh Hart trade is quite frankly outstanding. We have three players who are in the 90th percentile or higher in defensive EPM and I believe Emmanuel quickly, <clears throat> Josh Hart, and Mitchell Robinson. The New York Knicks have depth. The New York Knicks have upside plays currently with Emmanuel Quigley, with R.J. Barrett, and with Quentin Grimes. Those guys are young. They can still grow. They can continue to be the basketball players that could <clears throat> elevate this team and kind of be the glue for us going forward. Now, do we have to pay all three of them? Yes, but those decisions don't necessarily have to happen this summer. You can extend Emmanuel Quigley, or you can let him go into restricted free agency. <clears throat> In match. Um, I don't want to look too far past the human side of things because you do have to show guys that you value them. But the New York Knicks have depth too. <clears throat> and if we didn't run into a guy in Eric Spolstra who was quite frankly coaching circles around the NBA in the playoffs this year until he ran into that unstoppable machine in Denver, we may be looking at this team a lot differently. I think that what we need to do is – I know running it back is not very popular, but if there is no 
like a solid move out there, and I don't think there is because I've done every thought exercise except for the Kyle Kuzma one because that one is lunacy. I've done the Carl Anthony Towns thought exercise. I've done the Zach Levine thought exercise. I've done the the Embiid or the Paul George. Whatever thought ex- exercise you want to do, I've done it, and I've always leaned, eh, maybe not, this may not be the right move for the Knicks, even though I can acknowledge there are positives to every, to every move there because you're getting a guy who – would probably be more talented than everyone on the Knicks, say for Zach Levine. I think you could say that Carl Anthony Towns or Paul George or whoever is more talented than anybody the New York Knicks have, but you'd be sacrificing so much of your depth and your long-term flexibility for a guy who is either off-injured or just not worth the money he's about to get paid. Because <clears throat> Just because we have Julius Randle and... Um, Jalen Brunson on below market contract too. I think if they if either of those guys were on the market today, they would at least be getting a twenty five percent raise or a max like uh, Jalen Brunson would be due to sign. That doesn't mean that you go and give fifty million dollars to a guy or sixty two million dollars to a guy in Carl Anthony Towns or Zach Levine just because those two guys are underpaid. You continue to build with the right financial assets and you continue to build your, with your depth. And I think that I know the New York Knicks will eventually have to come to, to roster consolidation. I think we're going to see some of that this summer. But you don't have to just jump at a guy just to jump at a guy. And a lot of building the championship team is luck because <clears throat> you look you look for your money. You look for who look at all the teams in the NBA, right? Like let's say Michael Porter Jr., who was maybe a top five prospect talent wise in 2018, gets drafted 14th. Right or even the um like LeBron James just deciding he wants to play in Los Angeles. Like there's luck that comes into pretty much any championship team that you can look at, and putting all your chips on the table this summer when the guys there are not worth it would be to me unlucky and would eventually like derail this team's championship aspirations. So I think you kind of keep the powder dry. You move around what you can. You make the if you have to make the marginal upgrade, you make the marginal upgrade. You can be okay with that. But the start trades, like while I wouldn't hate any of them, I also don't agree with any of them. And I think the New York Knicks are a lot closer than people realize. And because we haven't seen the Knicks play basketball in quite a while, and, we've, and we're getting anxious and antsy, and people are screaming from the Raptors that Leon Rose is asleep and this and that. Like that's just us being impatient human beings. And if we run it back, this was a team that went, I think was playing at like a 55-win pace after the Josh Hart trade. I know other teams are playing well. I think we had a, I think we had a top three record, actually, in the NBA from the Josh Hart trade. So I'm okay, with, I'm okay with running it back. I'm completely okay with running it back. And if you get another, another step forward from Emmanuel quickly, if you get another step forward from R.J. Barrett, if you get another step forward from Quentin Grimes, now that team from last year, is better than the team this year. It may not reflect in the record, but going into the playoffs, like you have a better team than you had last year. That's all you can really ask for is to continue to move forward. I know we want to take the the exponential step instead of the the um, arithmetical step, but it is what it is. There is, in my opinion, no move out there that is going to be worthy of giving up your depth and your draft capital. Because the guys are just not, especially in this league, which which is filled with so much parity. Like we have, we have Brunson, got him for cheap. 
we have Randall and got him for cheap. Other teams have like, okay, the Celtics, they just took a step forward, I think, with the Porzingis addition, because to me, he's the best stretch five in basketball. But they're going to have to answer some very real rebounding issues very soon, you know? And, like, so even though the Porzingis move made sense, it also came with drawbacks is what I'm trying to say. There's no move out there that's not going to come with potential drawbacks. And the Celtics could have done that because the cost was so cheap. Whatever the Knicks do is going to cost them substantially more than what the Celtics did to get Porzingis. And I think we always have to consider cost and the drawbacks assigned to those costs. So that's why, personally, I'm fully for running it back. And I'll just, you know, hang up and listen, guys. Thanks for having me. You sound like a a shark tank judge at the end. You know, that's why, personally, for me, I'm out. (laughs) That was good, man. So thank you for coming up, man. We appreciate you. Um, we got, as Robert Cross said, two members of the casual crew here. So, you know, it's a good day. Sean, any takes on, on the takes Mensa just got off? Or do we pivot to caller number two? I would say two things. Like, Mensa, I've been, t- Mensa, I've been telling everybody that you've been saying this on, all over the internet that at this point, there are more bad moves than good moves. And so many people like today are like, you know, like even today, someone's saying like, just get Paul George. And I didn't get into the fact that like Chris said that he's 33 years old. I didn't get into the fact that he's hasn't played like 60 something games since God knows when. I didn't even get into the fact that what if he has a really good, what if he has a really good year? Guess what? He can opt out. And now you have to pay Paul George and Max at 34 years old. Um, I, I, it, 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 but just like we need to do something now, so uh, I'm, I'm with you, Mensa, totally, one hundred percent. My my only thing I wanted to add was the caveat that um, two top twenty five players wasn't as specific as I needed to be um, because I wasn't implying that Brunson and Randall should qualify. I, I I think that Jokic is a top five player. I think Butler. Is, uh, you know what? Let's just go top 10, right? Let's go top 10. One has to be top 10, the other top 25. LeBron, Davis. Jokic, Murray. Butler, Adebayo. Tatum, Brown. All four of those duos have one top 10, one top 25. And in the case of, of James and Davis, it's probably neither of them are top five. Both of them are top 15. In the case of Jokic and Murray, one is top three, the other's Top 25, Butler and Adebayo. One's top seven, top eight, the top six. The other's top 25, Tatum and Brown. Tatum, you know, top probably five or seven himself. And Brown, top 25. So, you know, I, I do think what Mensa is saying is that Brunson and Randall as an aggregate could look pretty good with some good depth. But it's, it's more about the having the superstar and then, you know, building from there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will say this before we get to Robert Cross. Um, you need, and I've learned this from 2011, you need eight guys to win a championship. Um, and I, I will always remember Bill Simmons and Dan LeBatard on his podcast, on Simmons' podcast, the day after the decision, where... Levitar is like, oh, we got them all. We got everybody. Da, da, da. And 
than Bill Simmons, who I know is a curse word to some people, but understands basketball. And he's like, I'm looking at your depth, and I don't think you got it. And Leverton's no, it doesn't matter. And he's like, yes, it matters. We had and 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 Leverton's pushback was. You just had the victory and you won the title, but now it's not going to work for us. And and Simmons is like, well, we had Rajon Rondo. And Levitar's pushback was, well, no, if you want you have these three guys, then Rajon Rondo becomes Rajon Rondo. And while I saw where Levitar was coming from, like if you have three really good players, they can elevate a team. I think Rajon Rondo's Rajon Rondo wherever he goes. And we kind of saw that because Rajon Rondo has been Rajon Rondo wherever he went. And surprisingly, you get to game six of the NBA Finals and um, the Miami Heat are depending on Eddie House and Joel Anthony and Wash Mike Bibby down the stretch. And then the next year when they had Mike Miller and they had Shane Battier and they got better role players, they won the title. Now, obviously, you need, like Chris said, you need the stars are the they are they're 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 the cost of entry but this is why when people are going gaga over kd and booker i'm like they're not making they're not what are you kidding me no 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 and shocker they got out of the paint by denver in six what's up knicks fans express your style and build a look that's made just for you oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities do you run golf train or just want to look like your favorite athlete then you need to get yourself a pair of oakley's today suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality with oakley there's more than meets the eye here at nick's film school our motto is look good play good and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our oakley's and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. All right, let's go to Mr. Robert W. Cross. Robert, how the hell are you? It's always good to be on the spaces with you, Sean. What's uh, going on, man? What's going on, Chris? Great draft coverage. Even though we didn't do anything, that's fine by me. Thank you. Sir. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it should be fine. That's that's good that you have that outlook. Uh, <clears throat> Mensa and I probably are painting from the same easel. And since he got into all the finer strokes, I'll just get into the broad strokes. I think for a while now, you know, and I, I think last year was kind of um, reflective of this. There's, I think, I think there's some uh, consensus of Knicks fans that we aren't that good. We got to make a move. We got to get the star. We got to get the star. But then I think there's some of us who think our roster and our talent is better than what NBA consensus thinks. And I, 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 I don't know that there's two camps in next Twitter. There's probably many camps. And for, to be honest, for the most part, I, I don't 
want to be in any of them. But I think that we are better today than people think. I truly believe that uh, that after the Josh Hart trade and how things coalesced, the biggest challenge for this roster heading into the new year, uh, into the new season, if we come back, in my opinion, is Tibbs. I mean, that's how I feel about it. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of depth. And I flat out didn't want Josh Hart, even though he played as well as he did, because that dude is potentially going to be closing every game and kind of getting away, in my opinion, between – uh, Grimes and RJ. So my only real concern heading into the new year, if we run it back is how do you, how do you manage this roster? Like that's, you know, and when I mean that, how how does Tibbs manage this roster, including his, uh, marriage with Randall, the two of those guys, man. I mean, like, I would be so happy if Randall was third option playing off ball and that left more room for RJ to ascend and for Grimes and quickly to take shots. And my biggest concern is the front office doesn't feel that way. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Levine and Cut, and don't get me started about all that because I got to go see uh, Mr. Coincidence in New York in a couple weeks. But I feel really good about where the Knicks are headed. I think that I've been thinking for a while, probably over a year, the best thing they can do is slow play the hand. We've got many, many cards to play. And you got to use them when you have leverage. You don't need to, we don't need to rush it. I don't, I don't know why people have to get all excited about making moves. Uh, if we run it back, we're in trouble. How are we in trouble? Who's decidedly better than us in the Eastern Conference? Tell me the team that's decidedly better than the next you know, in the Eastern Conference. You know what it is, Robert? You know what I'm it gonna is? Go, I'm going to go Boston. I'm going to go Boston only because I think they got better when they dealt smart for Porzingis. And I think that that team now took a, a boomer bust risk in Porzingis that could either elevate them to being the best roster in the NBA or to not having Porzingis by April because he got hurt. I, I know it's boomer bust, but the fact that he's healthy right now, I think they, they have a contention to say that they're the second best team in the NBA after the Nuggets. And the Nuggets aren't getting Bruce Brown back. So we'll see how that goes. You know what it is also, Robert? There is this feeling among many in the community that the Knicks are, and I'm getting tired of hearing this word, the Knicks are stuck. And they have this feeling because we have made this because these are the same. They had this feeling after the almighty fourth seed and they had this feeling after last year. And they think that because we do not have a superstar and because we're over the cap, we're stuck and there is no way for us to add anything. So anytime there is the inkling of any star that's being available to us, they're like, go get them because People think that we are locked into this roster and we are not able to make any moves, which actually, which actually is a complete tells me you have a complete misunderstanding of how basketball economics work. But I digress. Continue, Robert. And Sean, you know I, I don't usually like to drop big news on a Sunday, but I'm going to do it because I got to head back to work. All right, you ready for this? Go ahead. The next, the next do have a superstar. It's going to be proven this year 
as he's the MVP candidate, and his name is Jalen Brunson. You're welcome, everybody. Whoa! Listen, I I told a friend of mine yesterday, I said, it would not surprise me if Jalen Brunson is regarded as one of the 10 best players in the league next year. It just, and, shows, that I'm not, it just shows that I'm not a hater being a Hall graduate. Shout out to my friend Artie over in Chicago. It's a rough story over there. No, I mean, I think, and I saw Nat laugh. She's hilarious. I love that. Um, I think that guy is really, really good. And how that dude, now, to your point, offensively, yes. Defensively, eh, there are, you know, there are things that have to be desired. But, you know, there's a lot of guys who are, who get a lot of praise for being on one side of the ball. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.